Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to Book Hate, a podcast about beloved books that we just happen to hate. Each episode will feature a new guest and a new book. This week, we have a very special guest, my big sister Amber. Amber, thanks for joining us. Thanks for inviting me, Ash. I think this is a cool idea. Uh, Tell us a little about yourself. Uh, Do you have a favorite book? Uh, I do have a lot of favorite books. It's hard to choose one, but I would say... Um, Gone with the Wind is probably my favorite book. Okay. Contentious topic, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I love to read. I'm about 36, and I have a family with a husband and two boys. All right. Uh, so what book are we discussing today? What book do you hate, Amber? Well, I don't meet many books I do hate, but this one uh, is one of them that uh, tops the list. We are discussing Hatchet today Hatchet. by Gary Paulson. By Mr. Gary Paulson. Honestly, um, this is also a book that I hate. This is probably the book I hate most out of any book I've ever read in my entire life. And it is the reason why I wanted to do this podcast. Um, Hatchet is just such a well-loved book, and it's a classic, and I just hated it. I hated every minute of reading it. So I am so excited to get into talking about Hatchet by Gary Paulson. Before we get into talking about what we remember about Hatchet, um, I did want to go over like its critical reception and how other people view this book. Um, so Hatchet was published in 1987 and it was a Newbery Honor book in 1988. So that's kind of like the top prize for children's literature. Um, I did look up to see what book beat it for the, to win the Newbery Award and what other books were honored that year. And they were Lincoln by Russell Friedman and After the Rain by Norma Fox Mazur. I haven't heard of either of these, have you? None of them. So that's notable in itself. We might be... In the woods alone and hating this book. (laughs) Hey, Ash, this made me wonder, since this is a Newbery honoree that we didn't like and we have heard of and the ones that won, we didn't hear of that year, what other books are notable that maybe we did enjoy in the Newbery category? Okay, so uh, that's a great question. Um, I'm One of my absolute favorite books that I recommend to virtually every child that walks into the Southfield Public Library is Flora and Ulysses. Have you ever read that one? I love Flora and Ulysses. I adore Flora and Ulysses. So uh, that one in Newberry, I can't remember if it was an award, um, but it definitely was an honor book. Um, and I think because of Winn-Dixie also by the same author. Oh Kate, yeah, I remember reading that. Kate, Kate's the something. Uh, uh, that also I think was an honor Kate or a winner. Yes, yeah. that's it. That's it. Um, this past year, uh, New Kid by Jerry Craft won, which is an amazing graphic novel. Um, I highly recommend that to everyone, uh, even if you are not a kid or you don't like think you like graphic novels. I definitely recommend. So um, compelling juvenile literature is basically the only 
Yeah, um, I think it's just supposed to be written for children. Um, Hatchet was also nominated for PBS's Great American Read. But to be fair, I don't remember liking many of the books that were nominated for PBS's Great American Read. So again, this might be a me thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that's all I can say nicely about that. Um, but Gary Paulson is a really big deal in the world of children's literature. He won the Margaret Edwards Award, which is kind of like a lifetime achievement for young adult literature. So it's it's a really big deal. And he has a lot of books. Like Hatchet has been made in, has like a series of five books now. Have you ever read any of the other ones? No, I think I might dabble in them now, After to be it? honest. I'm oh. kind of curious that where, I think it's, titled Brian Saga goes. They are, in fact, titled Brian Saga, yes. <laughs> so I just want to know what kind of glutton for punishment Brian is in his future. <laughs> All right, so I did go back before I started reading it, and I wrote out what I remembered of the plot. And so what I wrote was, a kid is supposed to travel to visit a parent who lives in Alaska, and the pilot flying the small plane he is in has a heart attack and crashes the plane into a lake. Uh, he is the only survivor and the only tool he has is a small hatchet. Uh, he throws up a lot and gets hurt a lot. There is a moose. Eventually he makes it back into the plane to get survival supplies that he knows are there, but none of them work. He gets rescued. Does that kind of match up with what you remember? Well, I think some of the parts that make this book unique are the things that I certainly forgot with time. So I just mostly remembered a kid alone in the woods because of a plane crash. And in my mind, he spent the majority of the book doing nothing but trying to get a radio to work obsessively. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I remember is that it was just boring. All right, so now that we have revisited Hatchet, uh, was it as bad as you remember? What did what did your reread teach you or tell you? Uh, well, I think it, in synopsis, wasn't as bad as I remembered, but from the very first paragraph, the things that I didn't like jumped right back out at me and I still didn't like them. So I do feel validated or validating <laughs> of my 11 year old self that it wasn't good then and it's not that great now. Um, but the things that, you know, because I remembered so little about the book, I kind of didn't know what I would find when I opened it up. And one of the first things that I noticed was this tone of adults who relate to kids mm -hmm. and yeah, Again, maybe a theme in my fifth grade life, you know, where I just felt like, you don't understand me, or like, can't we just speak like adults, you know, like, which I think this book does make an attempt to do, but to me, it felt like a put on of like, you know, here's a cool book for kids, you know, and it's going to talk about adult stuff. And it, to me, it just felt like, ugh, eye roll, you know? So it may be partially me being too cool for school, but I just, that tone of like stuff that's cool for kids really didn't ride with me. Hmm. And um, I felt that 
this time as well. And then the biggest thing was this pacing or the writing style in which there's, it's very staccato, I would say. And it's this formulaic paragraph structure of statement, truncated statement, three word phrases, repeated one word sentence. Yeah, like Gary Paulson kind of. The secret. The secret was with him. The secret. Secret. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it goes. And for a few different themes in the book, the secret, the divorce. It, and it just, it really grates on me. I think as a literary device, you know, and like kind of stepping back for like, what do you teach young readers with something like this? It could be helpful, but I didn't care for it. Yeah. I agree 100%. Um, I wrote down that I hate this writing style. It is all telling, no showing, and detached. Um, Very detached, yeah. And I, The whole book, I think, feels detached. Sense of who he is, I think, as a kid. What yeah, we don't know what Brian likes. Like, we know that right. he misses hamburgers, well, of course, but, like, we don't know what he enjoys. We don't know anything about his friends, except, aside from, he has apparently one named Terry, and, yeah. like, he never talks about missing any of those things. What I was surprised was I had completely forgotten about the secret in the whole divorce subplot. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I had remembered that Brian's parents were divorced, but I didn't remember it being a whole issue in the book at all. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about that is in a, you know, plot synopsis on Amazon when I bought it this time, like they, it was like a boy, you know, struggles to survive in the woods while also dealing emotionally with the divorce of his parents or something, the separation of his parents. And like, kind of like his struggle was one side emotional and the other side, the struggle to survive, which I don't agree with, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. feel like he did much emotional grappling other than just like reminding us that that is happening to him. Yeah. I I definitely got the feeling that Brian was bothered by the divorce and he's definitely angry with his mother, um, who he blames. But, um, I, I never felt like he came to terms with it. Like I never felt like he was growing from this situation, um, at least in regards to the divorce. And he, he just doesn't feel his feelings. Like, throughout the entire book like anytime that he starts to like feel something really strongly a strong emotion he kind of tells himself to shut that down like I even wrote like page 86 all caps feel your feelings Brian like it's okay (laughs) like yeah I'm glad you saw it that way and brought it up here because I almost thought of it the opposite way is that like he does talk about crying on a regular, you know, a a semi-regular basis. And I think to your point, yes, they shut it down every time, but like, at least it happens. And I'm guessing that's at least a fairly normal way for a 13 year old boy to be working through something is, you know, want to cry about it and tell yourself you can't. But um, to your point, we should call on literature to help us do that better (laughs) yeah well and I wonder if maybe that's part of it being a product of its time like maybe now 
if this was rewritten, Brian would be able to like kind of delve into those feelings a little bit more than he was in 1988. I also wanted to talk a little bit about if we thought this was believable. Um, Cause I kind of remembered that from my fifth grade reading is that I didn't think Brian really would have survived. And that's kind of why I thought this book was dumb then is because it didn't seem really believable. Like I didn't believe that a kid who had never really been out like in the wilderness before with just one hatchet that he got that day would be able to <laughs> um, make fire and fish and create all of these things that he creates in the wilderness and survive for 50 days. I feel exactly the same way. I'm sure I can argue the other side with countless other books I've read equally far-fetched that I would defend to my grave. But um, and, and like, isn't that the beauty of fiction is that we do something far-fetched, right? But um, yes, uh, I absolutely thought it was far-fetched. I thought like none of us know how to make fire and we certainly aren't going to do it from birch bark shavings <laughs> just because we try, yeah. you know, it sparks from a rock. I mean, are you kidding me? And <laughs> this 13-year-old is going to land the plane in... Well, I don't think he really lake. lands it. I think he like flies it until they run out of gas. And then he doesn't crash it. Yeah, he just manages to crash it in a more controlled fashion than if it had just crashed on its own. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just, I think at that time in my life when reading it the first time, I might have thought like it was far fetched that they didn't find him. But now that I kind of nerd out on survival stories, I realize (laughs) people get lost in the woods trying a lot less hard than Brian. Well, it's just like there's one part where he finally learns to fish and he not only catches 20 fish in one day, but he eats all 20 fish in one day. And that's after surviving on just like berries for like a week. And it's like, you would be so sick. Like, you can't do that. Pens in the fish in a lake. I I don't think it works that way. (laughs) He's just really still. (laughs) And then he shoots them. Yeah. Well, and I also, like, just did not believe that he could make a bow and arrow. And, like, maybe oh, yeah. maybe there are, like, people that are going to, like, hopefully listen to this and be like, well, no, of course you can make a bow and arrow. How do you, like, but I... From your shoelace? From your shoelace. And when you've never done it before and you've never shot a bow before. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, like, I could suspend belief a little bit more if, like, we had learned more about Brian... And we had learned that he was like an Eagle Scout or was working on getting like some sort of outdoors. He was really into being outdoors all the time or like that's something that he had done before. But the way I read this book is that he just kind of like happens to fall out of a plane and (laughs) with a hatchet. Yeah. Or if it had been on the way home from being in Canada for the summer, you know, where you might have even been exposed to these things. But yeah, in my mind, it's just, it's not believable that any grown adult with a decent amount of survival skills Mm -hmm. thrives 
to the degree even that he does. What I also was surprised it was uh, how quickly the book wrapped up. Like, there's a big time jump, which I think uh-huh. is because even Gary Paulson understands that this book is kind of boring. And then it just ends. Like, Right. That surprised me a lot in this reread. I was under the impression that we were kind of reading a day-by-day account of more boring in the woods stuff. And yeah, apparently we skipped 40 or so days. Well, and I could have used on, you know, the other side of the other subplot here, a little more fleshing out of this secret divorce situation like to and I guess we can explore that in the next four to five books of Brian's saga yeah but I just like you know it keeps coming up and all that we tie it up with in the end is you know he never told okay well and like especially because he was so upset with his mom when he left like I would have liked them to like address that like either he is still upset about the secret or the time apart really like allowed him to find room to forgive his mom or something like that. I would have liked to see that reunion play out a little bit. Yeah. Hi everyone, Ashley here. In this part of our discussion, Amber and I start to discuss the role that gender plays in how we market books to children. And while I think we made important points, we also could have done way better. Mainly, we treat gender as a given binary and that it's a mistake. I will try to give space for a more inclusive discussion in future episodes of Book Hating. Okay, back to us hating Hatchet. Alright, so we have talked a little bit about how we read this in school and how we didn't really read a lot of books that we liked in school. Um, And I kind of wonder if, like, that was because they were constantly trying to find books that appealed to boys. Is that something that you also felt, or? I would say that that's something that I felt a lot more on the reread, or yes, that, you know, as a fifth grader, I knew I was being asked to read books so that they would appeal to a lot of people. And then I think as I've grown, I think that sometimes they were in an effort to try to capture the interest of boys because I think the idea is that boys don't like to read or it's not cool for them to read, so let's try and throw them a bone. But I think also now, as a mom of boys, I think about what books am I going to be able to really share with them that I loved as a kid or what are they going to like, what are their interests going to be. And I can see this being a hit with boys and you know I sometimes wonder like what else are boys gonna read you know that I sometimes feel like there's a dearth of interesting literature for boys who maybe don't like to read that much you know I think a kid who likes to read is gonna love to read many things but I'm hoping that this could capture the interest of maybe kids who aren't otherwise enjoying reading well yeah and like coming up through and being a youth librarian, like a lot of what we talk about is how for the longest time people thought boys wouldn't read a book that wasn't about a boy. 
whereas girls would be more open to it. Um, okay. I, I definitely disagree with that thought process. I, I think that if it's a good, interesting book, um, boys will read it. And especially if we teach boys to read books about girls, they'll do it as well. Like you get, if all they read is about boys, then they'll, that's what they'll be used to. And we kind right. of have to put the work in. It's only going to be better for our, all of us to read about right. books that are, I both like you and not like you. Yeah. Well, like that makes me think of something interesting. Like what if the main character in Hatchet did all the same things that Brian does, only her name was Brianna and she was a girl, you know, um, would, what would make that story different? What wouldn't? Would fifth grade Ashley have enjoyed it more? I wonder. Right. Because what strikes me more now in the reread is kind of some of these more adult like topics that are introduced in Hatchet for boys or for readers and like divorce and infidelity. And I like that those are brought up and that they find a way for boys to, you know, kind of start to negotiate those things. Because what I was reading at this age is like Lorreen McDaniel books where the young adolescent gets a terminal illness and sometimes she falls in love, you know, at the same time. And like, these were very high drama for me, but they were bringing in these kind of adult concepts that was, you know, safe way to like feel emotions and you'd be crying in the bed and like, you know, and, and like divorce and infidelity. These are things that kids see, but don't know how to deal with. And they're not. So I think that was interesting that they come up at least. And it does give kids the respect of, you know, we, we see that. that is, yeah. This is also part of your life kind of thing. Right. Acknowledging that. Uh, we had our opinions about uh, this book. And so I went on Amazon to see what other people thought. And I will say that most of the reviews are overwhelmingly positive. Um, people like Hatchet still. But we are not alone in hating this book. Um, let's see here. Uh, B. Chapinski um, rates this book as two stars and it says, uh, this is a book forced upon children. It is probably, in all probability, most would not purchase this if not coerced upon kids by authorities, um, which I appreciate this. Um, another reviewer said, how many times can you say the same thing? This is so repetitive. If an English teacher were to grade this, it would be a failing grade based on repetition alone. Um, agree. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, uh, Stephanie just says, not interesting. What better options are out there for readers? So if you maybe didn't like Hatchet, but you like the survival story aspect, um, do you have any recommendations of what people could read or movies or TV shows that they could watch or enjoy? Well, I think if you want a good outdoorsy read, you might try A Walk in the Woods by Bill Bryson Ooh. about two uh, middle-aged friends who hike the Appalachian Trail. Uh, you and I listened to that on audiobook on a family trip once. We were probably middle school age, and we yeah. thought it was hilarious. So I think that, you know, it's a grown-up book, 
but it's really funny and really gives you that sense of the appreciation and the struggle in the outdoors without the high drama, drama. and it being entirely far-fetched because you know it's a true story yeah so that's one that I might recommend there um I definitely second that recommendation I've actually I think I reread it like a year or two ago and I it holds uh, up it's a great book so I would also maybe think about uh the book there's some adult themes to this one so uh reader beware but it's called uh ahab's wife and it's kind of a prequel to the wife of captain ahab from moby dick and Mm. she gets stuck on a boat um she gets shipwrecked and stuck on a boat with two guys who are her like close friends growing up she was a lighthouse keeper's daughter she kind of stows away on a boat and then um ends up getting shipwrecked and they have to survive on the boat so i would think that that would be a good one to jump into on the survival side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend the TV show Alone. Um, yeah. I, it's, so it's a reality TV show, um, and it is about people who are very skilled. They have a lot of knowledge before they go out, but they get dropped off in the middle of nowhere, and they have, like, a list of, like, ten things that they're allowed to take with them. And so, like, they choose, like, a bow and arrow and a tarp and a knife and like a flint stick or something whatever 10 items that they think they're going to need to survive and so they get dropped off in the middle of nowhere and the point is whoever can stay alive and relatively healthy the longest will win this big pot of money and for books I would recommend Peak by Roland Smith Um, it's actually a series of books but Peak is the first one and it is about a boy who climbs Mount Everest Um, I also have on my list The Skeleton Tree by Ian Lawrence. And so this is about two boys who are, like, river rafting in Alaska. And, like, there's a problem with their raft and they get stranded in the Alaskan wilderness. So, like, kind of a similar location to where Brian was, but um, not alone. So you would maybe miss some of that inner dialogue. Oh, and, like, the boys are not friends at all. And so they kind of have to overcome that as well. Which makes it interesting. And then my last recommendation is The Disaster Days by Rebecca Behrens. Um, And it's about a girl who is babysitting um, when an earthquake hits. And she lives on an island off the coast of Seattle. And so you have to use a ferry or a bridge to get to this island. And so her parents and the parents of the kids that she's babysitting are all back in town. And no one can get to the island. And so she's trying to take care of herself and these kids in a recently earthquaked place. I read um, another book this summer that I think could be interesting. I'm trying to remember the name of it about the first uh, person to cross country ski across Antarctica unassisted. And um, I think his name is Colin. He's the author of the book, but he does a lot of physical challenges. And then um, you kind of hear about his whole life story through his journey across uh, Mm. the Arctic continent or the Antarctic continent. Um, There's also a pod, there's also a podcast um, from outside magazine. uh, That's really good. And they will often do like survival stories about people who survived like a, like a terrible like accident. Like maybe they were super dehydrated or they were attacked by sharks or something like that. 
And then they will go back and kind of go into the science of how and why they survived. And so why they were treated in the way that they were or um, what their body was kind of going through during that tra that traumatic event. Um, so I definitely recommend that podcast. And I think it's called The Science of Survival. Um, but it's really good. And we'll link that in our show notes. Podcast I love too called... I think it's called the wild and it's like a marine biologist not a marine biologist a mammal biologist who just talks about different issues of the wild um so it's a good one if you're craving the outdoors which this even hatchet can make you do mm-hmm. all right so now it is time for our james lipton style questions um so this is inspired by inside the actor studio the tv show if you watched that back in the day um but we're all literary themed because this is a podcast about books um so what book character would you like to be your best friend if you could kind of reach into a page and pull somebody out oh my gosh um I have felt like that about so many book characters, but it's Anne of Green Gables. I want her to be my best friend and my daughter and my grandma all at once. <laughs> so that is a book I've actually never read, so I have to put that on my list. I read the whole series uh, in adulthood. I never read it as a kid, and I just find Anne to be the most delightful personality. Yeah, and, oh, oh, 100%. <laughs> What book character would you never want to meet? And so this could be somebody that is like really scary or really mean or someone who you just think is boring. So what character would you never want to meet? Uh, a lot of um, books I've read recently have to do with like dictatorships. And so the one that comes to mind most recently is um, The Brief and Wondrous Life of Oscar Wow. And that's about... Um, immigrants in the United States, but, uh, under the reign of Trujillo is, um, in the Dominican Republic. And so I think, um, he's not, he's a real life character that I would not have wanted to meet and, um, a character in a book recently that I definitely would not have wanted definitely to meet. Definitely not. Uh, that's the same, uh, time period as in the time of the butterflies, right? Right. And okay. what's cool is in that book, they reference, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, a little bit like they they counterpoint each other a bit oh interesting uh, the question is what literary meal would you want to have so who would you invite and what would you serve this is a hard question um but i think that i would <laughs> Maybe it would help to, like, think about it in terms of meals. So, like, would you want to serve dinner or lunch or breakfast or just, like, snacks? A midnight snack might be a fun meal to try and plan. <laughs> um, I think that I know I would get too distracted eating with any of the book <laughs> characters that I've – so I think maybe hors d'oeuvres and um, – <laughs> adult beverages or maybe as best as I'm going to be able to rustle up but and I think that I would probably have a cooking failure wanting to impress yeah, my it, literary heroes you but definitely get no, it catered, you know what right? I'm going to do my literary dinner party is going to be 
Hemingway and Fitzgerald and that set and we're all going to be in the south of France having afternoon cocktails. I would like to go to the and south I of France. Be one of them. That kind of wraps up um, this episode of Book Hate. I want to thank my guest Amber um, for joining us and for uh, just kind of going through and dissecting the the travesty. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna call it a travesty that is. Hatchet by Gary Paulson. Ashley, thank you for having me and letting me take a hatchet to hatchet. Um, (laughs) Not much has changed. I can have a more balanced appreciation for this book now, but I don't like it. No, no, I, yeah. Um, I, it's, it's good to know that fifth grade Ashley was right and that Gary Paulson is repulsive and, (laughs) uh, yeah, this, this book wasn't for me. Um, But if Hatchet was for you, or um, if you love this book, um, or if you agree with us and you also hate Hatchet, um, give us a drop us a line. Tell us what you thought, um, and hopefully we'll get enough comments and then we can share them in a future episode. Thanks to everybody for listening, and uh, this has been Book Hate. Bye bye. <laughs>